0: Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are in the world. You could be in Dubai, you could be in New York, you could be in shoot Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, but wherever you are, thank you for tuning in today to the Culture Talks podcast. And here we got a legend. Today we got a legend. I tell y'all every week. I'm coming back with another guest next week and I haven't let y'all down yet. So here we are with 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 man. Honestly, I'm blessed to be able to interview this gentleman. I grew up listening to his voice on the radio from like a young age. Shoot, let me think about it like she, uh, since I was at least like eight, nine years old. So 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 it's it's been a minute. Like this is a this is a voice, a face that represents Kansas City well. Um Casey's favorite son, aka 50% of uh, the Shay and Shine show, a.k.a. Um, the, the hot 103 Gems legend, the Hit Break Kid, Brian B. Shining. Wow. Go ahead and introduce um, yourself, my guy. I know I did my little introduction for you, but go ahead.
1: Bro, there's no way I can follow it up. Um, first off, you're extremely complimentary, and you're very mean because you're a grown-ass man. Talking about you've been listening to me since you was eight. Come on, dog. I just turned 35. Not even a month ago. So no, but for real, I'm 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 flattered. Those are some kind words. I just hope I can I can live up to them. And of course, of course, like Rich say, KC is the town. Facts, facts. And funny thing about Rich is is
0: I never knew that that specific term, you know, was essentially, you know, popularized. By rich, but all my life growing up, and then you know, especially you know, as social media starts to pop out, like I'll be on on the story every time I come back, move move back into the city from from LA or San Diego. I'm like, I'm back in the town, and I'm like, bro, nobody's gonna know what the town is,
1: but I'm black, but the folks that need to know gonna know. <laughs> oh yeah, you gonna if you don't know it by the time you land, by the time you get to 12th Street, you gonna know. Absolutely, <clears throat> absolutely. Well, again,
0: thank you, my brother, for tapping in today. Um I'm excited to talk with you and and let's jump right in. So, um I want to talk to you a little bit about where you grew up. What part of I know you're originally from Kansas City, but what part of town did you grow up in and you know what was special about that experience growing up where you grew up.
1: Well, I didn't grow up in one specific hood. I grew up a lot of places. So, I'll run down the timeline for for you. Um from when I was born until I was about 9 or 10, I lived in Village Green which is the uh, complex off of Paseo on 46th, 45th and Paseo. And uh, 4503 Plymouth Court, that was that was my first address. 921 that was my first phone number at that house. So, um, you know, grew up right there, right by Paseo High School, uh, right by Tony's Liquors was right there on Paseo, and the old gates that was on the other side of Paseo. Uh, see, I don't know nothing about that because that the, the one that's there now is, is the new one they built. Not even, I don't even think that thing is 10 years. Maybe it is 10 years old. I don't know. But anywho, um, that's where I originally grew up at. Then I had to move with my daddy. And at first, <laughs> this has been to be a long list.
0: Hey, I'm ready.
1: And, hey, and not like I moved in my daddy and, um, Let's see, this is January 95. I was in the fourth grade and we was in Chestnut Hill, which is off at 87th and Holmes. Moved to my grandma Cheryl's house on 67th and Terrace, right by Southeast. Then um, we moved out of there in like February of 96. And then we moved to 83rd and Campbell. Then (laughs) we moved every year, for real. I went to like six, seven different schools in the Kansas City Public School District.
0: Real quick, real quick Uh before you well, well, I can ask you at the end or or matter of fact, finish the timeline and I'll ask you the question because it'll still apply.
1: I just want everybody to know, like I grew up everywhere Everywhere. in Kansas City. You you really from the town, literally. (laughs) Yeah, all day. (laughs) Let's see. after 83rd and Campbell, uh in 97, we moved to 71st and Wayne, which is right there again by that southeast area, about in between truce and Paseo. Then we moved from there in 98, we moved to Brittany Point Apartments, which is off of 81st and Holmes, right by Paul Robeson, which I had to go to. And from there, and it don't stop, bro. In 2000 or 99, in 99, like September or October, 99, I think we moved to 59th and Spruce. And then um, a tragedy happened over there on 59th and Spruce. I don't know if y'all remember, but Precious Doe, uh, it was a young girl. She was like four or five years old. And they found her remains over in a wooded area, which was literally one block over from Spruce. Kensington is right off of Spruce. And they found her off Kensington in the, in, in the woods. So we got up out of there. And then I moved back with my mama. But by that time, my mother had, had moved somewhere else. Um, and yeah, so I've I, I literally moved every year um in in school up until my sophomore year of high school
0: and you ran you ran all up and down the numbers 80 70 60 we
1: (laughs) didn't we didn't never live north of uh (laughs) we we never lived north of uh like you know 45th or or 44 but I made up for that later on with when I went to northeast so I'm well-rounded when it come when it come to Kansas City
0: and yeah so the question I was going to ask about that is like as a, as a young cat, like how did, was that challenging, you know, switching schools? A lot of times people talk about the difficulty of, you know, who knows, you could, you obviously seem like an outgoing individual being on, on air for the past, you know, 15 years, but, you know, how were you as a child? Were you outgoing, were you talking to people or was it challenging to, you know, meet and interact and, and, and integrate into new school systems and new friend groups? What was that experience like for you?
1: Man, that's a good question. Um... I, my initials are B A B, Uh and uh, <laughs> I was. Uh, I, they flipped that to Badass Brian, so I was a very bad kid for real. Like from the single digits, like from when I was born to about when I was nine, when I had to move with my daddy. Um, and uh, I'll tell you the story on that. I, this little boy, simply, I was at Volker Elementary School. And um, this was like uh, what January '95 or December '94. This little boy he said something about my mama, and I guess I had an attitude that day or something, so I pushed him down the stairs. <laughs> but the <laughs> I, yeah, I don't play about my mama. Uh, when, it it was wrong, you know, it was. I, but I, again, I, you don't play about your mom. Nah, nah <laughs> I, don't, I don't. But uh, so but the boy had a heart condition or something. Um, so, uh, I didn't, I didn't feel bad about it at the time. You talked about my mama. So I got suspended for three days at Boker and that's when my life really changed at that point. And I had to move in with my daddy. So I, but to answer your question, to go more in depth about that, I was, I was bad and I was emotional. I, 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 um, I talked a lot, um, had a smart mouth but I was always loving. I was always loyal. I was, you know, I was a hard worker. Uh, if something needed to be done, I do it. Uh, but, um, but I was a bad kid, but, and as far as moving all the time, I think I, I, I use that as my, as a benefit because I got to know so many people and I remember so many people from all of the, all of the different schools that I went to, even to this day, like this guy named, um, my named Brian Pickens, uh, his name is, uh, like, Be God at 5100 on, on Twitter or whatever. But I knew him um, ever since I was in the fourth grade. And we went to, like, we went to Volker. And because of that relationship, like, I still – I just still know him to this day. Like, we're not, like, best – you know, brothers or nothing, but he's a he's a he's a good friend though. I, I like it. He's been solid ever since I know him. So that's just one relationship out of hundreds that I've made um you know throughout my journey in um in elementary school and, and moving around and going to different neighborhoods and being familiar with where to drive like I, I don't need a map when I'm in Kansas City. If you tell me you know, wherever is on, you know, it's over there on 78th and, and and Euclid. I can I can get there. You know, you got thick. that internal theory. Exactly. You know, but I was, you know, as a kid, I was, uh, you know, I was more emotional. I was, I was, um, you know, uh, a little outspoken. But when I moved in with my daddy, though, all of that simmered down. Every everything, like I really was missing his guidance when I wasn't living with him. It, it was just my mama and my older brother and me, and then. Um, and my mama's white, so I had, I moved with my daddy. Of course, he he was black. And my and my second mother, who I credit a lot of of um, of how I am culturally and how I am as a man to her, because if it wasn't, and she she's my my stepmother, um, but she was more than a stepmother. I think that term wasn't um, it didn't do her justice at all. She was she meant way more than that to me. She was she was my second mama, so. Um, you know, that, that move really changed my life and it changed me as a person for the better.
0: And that's powerful, um, in regards to when, when children are growing up and they're going through their little phase of whatever you want to call it, you can call it an attitude, you can call it, um, anger issues, whatever it is, there's always a, a root cause, in my opinion, um, there's always a root, always something that's missing, always something that they're, that they're wanting to connect with, um, and you sharing that there, just, you know, speaks to that fact and also you know that reminds me of my siblings like I got I got a I have there's like two siblings who are full siblings and then like I got seven others who are like half like same mama but different dad right and um and it's always funny when people are like, "So it's your half brother, it's your half sister." I'm like, "Nah, that nah, doesn't nah. do it justice." Like I grew up nah. with these people. Like this is my family. This is my this is like my kin. This isn't just somebody who just came into my life randomly. This isn't just somebody who was there in the home. This is somebody I connected with that I bonded with that helped me grow that helped me progress. So, those yeah. those words feel like it takes away. So I feel you on that.
1: Man, look, man, we don't we don't operate like that. Man. I got a, I got my, me and my older brother, we got the same mother and father, but my little brother, he's, um he has a different mother. His, his mama, my second mama is, um is one of the reasons why we so close, but me and my little brother, no, nah, we ain't never said step. We ain't never said half. We ain't never said none of that. That is my brother. We got the same, not a hundred percent DNA and blood, but he, that's my brother and I will die over him.
0: Straight up, and that kind of leads into the 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 question. My next question it was going to be: If you had any siblings, how many? And then, um, you know, you don't have you can touch on all of them or just one. But who influenced you a lot growing up?
1: Well, I have uh, one older brother. I got a little sister and a little brother, and um, I love I love all my siblings to death. But by far, by far, my older brother is my number one influence in my life. And I speak to him a lot. I speak about my older brother a lot because man, John, his name is John, and he's he's gone through a tremendous amount of adversity in his life. So the story on John, my my mama and my daddy, they actually met in, in college. Now my mama's from a suburb of of Philadelphia. Um, it's called Bluebell, Bluebell, Pennsylvania. And she how can I say this? Cause I don't know anybody in my mama's family except my mama. And, you know, we'll get to that in a second. Her so I'm a I like to keep it a hundred. I like to be blunt. I do. And her mother was was racist from uh from what I know, from what my my daddy told me, from what my mother says. Um and her father wasn't like that, but you know, if you marry a racist, then you know. marrying somebody and loving somebody is is a political statement in in and of itself but that's a whole different conversation so my mama wanted to get away from from all that she wanted to get away from her mother they didn't have a good relationship she she, her her my mama and her daddy had a good relationship but not the mother so my mama flew all the way from bluebell pennsylvania and she went to college in tarquio missouri and to this day, I don't know where Tarkio is. I used to think it was Tokyo when I was a kid. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's north of Maryville, and that's like almost in Nebraska or something. Because I went to college at Northwest Missouri State, which is in Maryville, so I'm kind of familiar with that. But uh, they met there, and they got pregnant, or my mama got pregnant. And what happened was, now we're talking about 1975. So they expelled my daddy from college and they almost didn't let my mama graduate. Cause my mom was going to graduate like that semester. Uh, so to, to tell you what those times were like, it, it was still segregated for the most part, you know? So my daddy, you know, he went to college somewhere else cause they expelled him, but my mother, um, she ended up getting her degree and she graduated and she had my older brother, John. So when my mama had him, her parents put her in an unwed mother's home, and they put my older brother in a foster home for two years for so for the first two years of his life my older brother he didn't he didn't know my parents um and and um they they my mama had to had to work and had to show stability that she could take care of my older brother but uh until she could do that, she couldn't get him I think she could visit him, but she couldn't have custody of them. So eventually my mama got stable. She got my brother and here they are in Kansas city. And my brother turns 12 and my brother's 10 years older than me. I was born at 85. So my brother turns 12. And then on March 9th of 1988 uh, he had cancer. He had a brain tumor and, uh, and it really affected him for the rest of his life. It really, it really changed his course on, um, on what his life was supposed to be. So, you know, I, and I got to live through all that. Um, I know what he went through from my perspective. I saw what he went through and I see what he goes through still to this day. My brother is, he's not supposed to be here. Uh, but God made a way for him to be here. And I think one of the reasons why God kept him here is for my benefit because he inspired me every day. I thought about my brother. I think about how much worse things could be. And um and I'm blessed to be able to say that I'm I'm fine. I I I've never had to go through what he went through. So I try to use that as um a motivational factor to try to to be the best that I can I can to try to be uh better than what I think I can be um as far as what I'm doing. Um and then, you know, John, he really, uh, molded me musically. You know, he's the one that really, really, really got me to fall in love with music by playing a chronic. (laughs) When I was eight years old, I knew the whole chronic album. Uh, I knew the doggy style album from Snoop, you know, thank God for my mama keeping the cable on too, because that really played a factor in me culturally too. And knowing, um, a lot of things that I really was not supposed to know about as a kid, uh, but it was all to the good. It was all for um for for a greater good, I should say. But my number one influence is definitely my older brother. My little brother Jared, um, he 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 I really tried to to set a good example for him. That was that was really one of my number one things that I wanted to do. I wanted like I taught Jared my little brother Jared. I taught him how to how to do math and stuff when he was like two or three years old, and by the time he had got to preschool and kindergarten, he was already you know ten steps ahead of the other kids and For that, you know Jared is the smartest one out of all of us without a question, he's the smartest. Uh, And I like to call him Michael Corleone because he just, he was, he was the next coming like, and our family is set up like that. Like as far as the Godfather kids, not like identical, but similar. It's three brothers and one sister. Um, And my daddy, he called me Sonny. He called my older brother, John Fredo, simply because not because he was disloyal. If you know about the Godfather, you know, Fredo was the disloyal one, but he was a little timid. So, you know, and me and Jared are way more aggressive than John. And then, of course, they had a sister, which is my little sister, and that's an interesting story of itself that you could do a whole podcast over because um I didn't meet my sister until two thousand four wow so that yeah. <laughs> and, and that's and that's
0: me, like your first year of college, right
1: that was my second year it second was year it was college. my second year of college uh but i i'll I'll get into that. Um, so me and my sister, we're two months and 10 days apart. She was born on October 28th, 1985. And I was born on, um, August 18th, 1985. So, um, the story is, (laughs) uh, of course my father, he was out, you know, he was out there getting it him. my, My, daddy and my mama was never married. Uh, so my daddy, he was just out, you know, being, being a 30 a year old man, getting it out, going out and, and, and doing what he do. Um, so he, he, uh, he was the side dude in a relationship and he got, he got the lady pregnant. And I think by the time they found it, or she, I don't think she could get an abortion or anything like that. Not that I'm advocating for that. I'm just telling the story. Um, because if she had got if she had done that, then the the husband would have knew, but her and the husband were separated. So she was out messing around, you know, with my daddy. So she, they get pregnant with my sister and it was nothing my daddy could do because he's not married to this lady. So my daddy wrote a letter uh, at the, and he gave it to, uh, to the foster home when my sister was born, because he knew that, you know, he couldn't keep her, he couldn't get her. So it was, he wanted to do something to preserve the relationship. So they he gave her the letter, they gave the family the letter and then fast forward to 2003, when my sister turned 18, uh, she got a chance to read the letter because they said she couldn't read it until she was an adult, till she turned 18. So um, she read the letter. And then, like, less than a year later, and uh, it was like October or September of 2004, my daddy gave me a call. He said, Well, they found your sister, or your sister found us. And uh, because my daddy, it was funny because he all he would always make little little jokes and little tidbits like you know, if a little girl come at the door, you better answer it. <laughs> and we'll all laugh and stuff like, <laughs> right. Yeah, all right, yeah, that's cool. Right. <laughs> but he called and she found us. And uh, the first conversation we had, we, we talked for eight hours straight. Yeah. No stopping. It was from like 12 and I, and I had an eight o'clock class to go to. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I stayed up all night and I talked to her because I was so excited about like, Bruh, we got a sister?
0: What? Straight up, right. And at that specific age in life too, it's like a, it's a special time where you guys are transitioning out of you know, being a teenager and there's a lot like that you just experienced. You just came out of like that growth period of becoming, you know, that 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 line towards adulthood. Yeah. In college life, so I bet you there was just crazy amount of things to talk about.
1: It was crazy, bro. It was crazy. Mind-blowing. But she's a blessing and I'm so glad that I'm so glad we were able to connect and, and we, we're close, you know, it's like we, it's like we never were apart and I I love her to death. She's, she's my angel.
0: That's powerful. That's powerful. First off, I want, I want to, I want to just say shout out to the whole family that you just mentioned, because it's important to realize, you know, and and just be grateful for family and the role that each individual plays in, in our path to wherever we end up. So, um, First off, I appreciate you sharing that, you know, being open, keeping it a 100. Um so are are all the siblings based in Kansas City currently? Man, it made me mad. That that that's a little too much information to ask No, 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 no,
1: no. No, no. No, the question's good. It's just that you know, my they they know I hate it when they when they leave. You know, I it ain't much of us. I don't have that much family. So the ones that I do have, I want to keep them, I want to keep them here. But to answer your question, my, my, my little brother, Jared, is coaching in St. Louis and he's teaching at a school. And my sister's in St. Louis with him, with my nephew. And my older brother is in Kansas City with me. Nice,
0: nice, nice. Yeah. Man, that's powerful. That's Hey, see, look, at the beginning you were talking about, ah, no, my story isn't <laughs> much. But, you know, for for me, again, you know, Like, I'm sure to you, you just look at look at you as you and this is your story. But for me, you know, from my perspective, being an individual who grew up listening to you, you know, it's interesting to like hear the stories and and understand what, again, like I just shared, like what pushes what 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 drove what what influenced the individual that you know you look up to and that you hear every day in the morning you know what I'm saying so and I
1: I appreciate you brother I I really do you 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 should be a life coach because you know how to uplift (laughs) people's spirits
0: (laughs) hey that's the goal that's the goal Um, so looking back, you know, we just, we just talked about, you know, you finding out about having a sister in your second year of college, but looking back to that age, you know, teenage Brian, 18, 19 years old, first, first, you know, year or two, like you mentioned, you were at Northwest. Um, I have a two part question. So first I want to ask you, where did that 18 year old or 19 year old Brian expect to be at 35 right now?
1: Man, you know what? It's interesting that you asked that because I, I think about that a lot. I think about 15 years ago when I went through the worst year of my life. I really did. It was. It. I was at the bottom of the barrel uh, in 2005, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, but I, I thought I. It wasn't necessarily that I that I knew something was going to happen, or that I. Th- thought was something was gonna happen. It was my mindset was always we gotta work to make something happen. That was always my thing. Um and I wanted I knew I wanted to have you know stability. I knew I wanted to be in Kansas City. I never wanted to move from from home. This is my home. I love it here. I'm I like familiarity. So I I just home is where my heart is that that statement is so true with me. Um, but I, uh, you know I figured that I I would I would you know I would be okay, whether that was in radio or cutting hair or, or whatever. I knew I was gonna do something. Uh so so my thoughts was always I got work to do. I gotta work to make something happen. Um but I'm I'm thankful and I'm grateful. I truly am for where I am, and not not that I'm like high or above or anything, but just know that I, you know, I ain't gotta ask nobody for nothing, <laughs> you know. Which is but, a blessing,
0: um, like which is a blessing is, that, yeah. that 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 passes our eyes too too quick, but it's really a blessing.
1: Man, yeah, because after what I went through in 05, Ooh, If you will be getting to that, I will, dog. But
0: definitely, we we are gonna get into that. But the second part to that question, though is from going from, because from, from my research, you graduated from Northeast, correct? Northeast High School, 2003. What's happening? Hey, and quick question. Tell me a little bit about what Northeast was like from 2000 to 2003, because that school has gone through like quite a transition of different vibes throughout the
1: year. So tell me about your high school experience real quick. Man, look going to Northeast, because at the time I was at Paseo, my freshman year, I went to Paseo uh, and they made me hate. I used to like to draw a lot. I'm, I'm a little creative with drawing and, and being creative like that, but they made me hate drawing. And I knew it. And that's nothing against Paseo because it's, it's for the real artists. And that's my point. If you are a real artist and, and you're, and you're into that go to Paseo, they're going to get you where you need to be. But that wasn't my path, and and I discovered that by going to mm-hmm. Uh So I needed to go to another school, plus they have a football team. Uh, so I needed to go to a school that, A, had a football team, and B, somewhere where I felt comfortable. And I didn't visit Northeast. I didn't know nothing about Northeast. I never even went – I never really went past 12th Street, to be honest with you, a lot as a kid. We went sometimes, but not, like, a lot. We didn't frequent – you know, down north a lot. So going to Northeast was the best decision I ever made. I loved every three, all three years that I went to Northeast. That school, I don't know, man, it's something near and dear to my heart. I, I love Northeast. I love my years there. I had so much fun. The uh, the different cultures that's at Northeast, I love that. Um, I don't know, man, it was just a new experience and and I and I loved it. It was my favorite part of my adolescence by far. Northeast High School. Shout out to everybody who went to Northeast and who and who who was up there with me, man. We had so much fun, man. Even our football team, we were we weren't good, but you know, football develops character and uh, just being a part of, of, of those teams and being a part of the locker room and the guys, man, it was a blast, man. I loved high school.
0: Who was who was. Do you remember who was the star athlete on your team your senior year? Think about your senior year. Who was the star me. athlete? Hey, Hey, right.
1: nah, not me. Nah, <laughs> nah it wasn't me. Uh, but um, man, really, it was probably it. It, it was probably Eric. Um, it was probably him. He was our running back, number thirty two. Eric, that's my dog, Leazy Hawk. For for those who uh, who know about him, Leazy Hawk. Uh, and then our quarterback Jeff Harris, that was my dog. He was he was he was uh he was pretty good too. You know the year before that, man. Look, <laughs> and really the the basketball team was the stars at Northeast. To be honest with you, like uh, Martine Freeman, um, he went to Colorado. Uh, who else? Uh, Boozy. Uh, he he was a, he was a good basketball player. Lorenzo Dean, he was a hooper. Uh, so really, like. The basketball team, they was they was the they was the men up in Northeast, man. But we held our own too.
0: Hey, that's all that matters. You you would get the like you said, you would get the experience of of growth and 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 character building. And then, man, like if there's any athletes right now in high school listening, please enjoy that experience.
1: Oh yeah, cherish please it. Please cherish it because
0: yeah. I promise you. Like I never thought that I'd miss it because you know I'm like, hey, this is, is what it is. When I'm done I'm done,
1: bruh. I wasn't in a hurry to get out of high school. <laughs> like, first off, I knew I was I was going to more school in college, so right. I'm like, all right, I'm in school. I might as well, you know, you know, whatever. Right. So I wasn't in a rush to graduate from high school. I mean, it was cool, but oh, and a couple other guys. Shout out Pierre DeClue, and shout out to um, K. Ron Parrish. They were some hoopers too. I didn't want to leave them out. I'm pretty sure there's some more I'm missing, but charge it to the to the brain and not the heart.
0: <laughs> blessings, blessings. So. So talk about that transition from Northeast High School to Northwest. Talk about the transition yeah. from Kansas City to Maryville. What was was were there any uh huge adjustments that you had to make in regards to the, the culture there or or the vibe or or maybe just the studying? Who knows? Tell me a little bit about Man,
1: that. Hell yeah. <laughs> it was a major, major shift. And everything and every part of my life, you know, first off, I was on my own for the first time in my life, which I enjoy because I I love being alone. Nothing against, you know, my relatives or nothing, but I just, I like, I'm a loner. I like being by myself. Um, But besides that, you know, North, if you know about Northwest and, this de- and the demographics up there, it's probably only about 5 to 10% Black people. And I'm used to being around black people. I am. That's, I I'm, I grew up black. I like black girls. I, I dated black girls. I I went to black churches. Ate black food. And don't get me wrong. I like all women. But th- those were the girls who I dated when I was in school, when I was younger, because that's who I was around. But um, but yeah, you know. So it it was a it was a bunch of of white folks up there. Um, and I learned from them. It was a culture shock. They learned from me. I learned from them um so it was a um, it was a pleasant gathering but it was it was definitely a shock a culture shock going up there and as far as studying and the work and all of that that i didn't have an issue with that um but i did have some some rocky roads um uh which led to the worst year of my life but um it was a major adjustment bro there, it was a lot it was a culture shock uh just a totally different world from where I grew up in and what I had to deal with that Northeast.
0: Yeah, and I think I think I, I like the fact that you said you know they learn from you and you learn from them because I just wanted to touch on uh, a lot of the you know guests that I've had on here like uh, I've had A'shawn, Royal Chief just a few artists from from around around the city share their experiences in high school and you know being ha- their parents moving them to a school in the suburbs and uh, but but being used to like. Growing up in the city and being in the city, and and the difference of culture and the, the 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 challenges they face, but also how it helped them learn how to move in certain spaces, which has helped them in the business space. Um, when it comes to music, help them know how to you know uh, communicate with people from different cultures, from, oh, yeah. from different backgrounds. So and, I love that you share seen- that.
1: And you see that um, I didn't mean, to interrupt. My bad, bro. Just, you're good. No, that's I'm, hey, you're good. <laughs> I'm antsy to share. Um, but if you look in in America right now, or actually around the world, there are issues within corporate offices. There are issues on executive boards. There are issues with the decision makers who are all white. And this is no shade against white people. None. It's just you know the truth. But how how are you a, a a Fortune 500 company and you come out with a damn sweater with monkeys on it and you have a black boy wearing the sweater with the monkey on it? How do you come out with a shirt that that's, it was like a pullover or something? It was like a monkey pullover and with blackface on it or something. So like, I think Gucci or something did that. I forgot who did it. I don't want to slander nobody. But um like, uh, there are a lot of companies that have those issues. And the more culturally, um, the more culturally uh, acceptable that you are of, of, of other, more accepting you are of other cultures, the more well-rounded you are culturally, the better off you're going to be um, to try to celebrate other cultures and try to accept people for who they are. You know, that's just what I'm all about. You know, ain't no hate this way, man. You are who you are.
0: Facts. And I think like another good point, which I think you were essentially making there is just like the lack of representation on these yeah. executive boards, the lack of representation of people of color from brown and black backgrounds is the reason why that was able to happen. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Well, exactly. It, I mean, exactly imagine if you have, if you <laughs> ain't no brown or black individual on right. the board, that's a proven um, shirts that are going out going to approve that. Right. And that's that i mean and that's just like one example obviously there's so many other things but many like, of
1: other of all races this is so straight
0: crazy. up straight yeah. up yeah it go they <laughs> they do some disrespectful shit to a lot of different races because you know hopefully not intentionally and i would I would, right. I would i would i would assume that it's just because of a lack of education because of ignorance in regards to what's acceptable and what's not acceptable what's it disrespectful is, it, what's not
1: it just shows that they're, they've been in their own world and they haven't experienced other cultures. They haven't been in the room in the same. It's a lot of people who ain't been in the same room as black people. It's a lot of people who hasn't been in the same room as Hispanic people. It's a lot of people who hasn't been in the same room with Asian people. And a lot of those people are making decisions for these companies. So to go back to the original point, you hit it right on the head there's no representation. And the more culturally well-rounded you are, the better decisions you're going to make. Straight
0: up, straight up. Um, So the next question kind of feeds into me going back to 2005, because the question was going to be any, any memorable uh, moments from your time in college. And I know this is around 20, 21 years old. Um, So if you're comfortable speaking on it, feel free.
1: So in 2005, in uh, the spring, I knew I was about to get suspended from college because of my grades. I was slacking off. I wasn't going to class. I was just being lazy. I wasn't even, it wasn't like, and it's pathetic because <laughs> I wasn't even like going to parties. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't smoking. I wasn't doing none of that. I was just being a lazy ass dude, just not going to college and not doing the work, not going to class. So I knew I was about to get suspended, and I, you know I was okay with it. I needed a break. I was kind of burnt out on school. So this is one of the last real conversations I had with my daddy, and I told him what what the deal was, and I told him, look, you know I'm about to get suspended, and you know he was like, you know that's cool, that's 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 all right or whatever. We're gonna get you a job, and you know we're gonna bounce back. You're gonna go back, and I'm like, yep, you're right. Like, let's go. And he told me that he was he was happy and he was proud of me for having that conversation with him and telling him the truth and being honest with him. Uh, so that that always sticks out. But so he, we got a job. I got a job at a, a Home Depot off of 135th um, in Overland Park. And if you're familiar with Kansas City, you already know what it is around them parts. So I, I was working there throughout the summer. My mama needed her house painted and Home Depot sells paint. So I'm like, Hey mama, you know, I got you. Come on through. You know, know? she did not want to do it at all. But, uh, I convinced her to do it. So she came through my line and, you know, rang it up, voided it and (laughs) she got the paint. So, and I am not a smooth criminal by any means. (laughs) So I told them when my last day was, because I was going back up to Maryville. Now you ask yourself, Brian, why are you going back up to Maryville? You're not in school. Well, I had committed to my roommate in the middle of that semester about moving off campus with him into an apartment. You know, we had signed a lease we had you know, and everything. So I couldn't back out of that, or at least I felt I couldn't. So I told them I was going back up to Northwest and I told them when my last day was. So this was a Tuesday in 2005. It was like August 22nd or 23rd or something. And I walk into home Depot for my last day. And my manager says, Hey, Brian, the GM is here. He wants to talk to you. I'm like, Oh shit. Oh, can we cuss? my bad. Oh yeah. You good. (laughs) All (laughs) All right. So I said, oh, shit, I already already know what it's about. Uh, I'm like, what do you want to talk about? She was like, who cares? It's your last day. Just go talk to him. I'm like, oh, man. So I go in the back, and it's the GM and the lady from the loss and Prevention Department. (laughs) And (laughs) the conversation started out. Nice. Like she's like, hey, how you doing? Hey, Brian, I hear you going back to school. What you majoring in? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, man, come on, bro. Like, let's just get to it, dog. And eventually the conversation slowly started to turn mean. And who is this in this picture? And why did you do this? And 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 it was a picture of my mama. And I'm like, oh man, I ain't man, look, I ain't never been so humiliated in my life. I felt that that I've never felt worse than at that moment when they when this lady had this picture up of my mama. So um, they told me to write a statement, and I write the statement. In the middle of me doing that, here comes the police. I said, "Man, y'all gonna arrest me for this shit? You have the right to remain silent." Blah 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 blah. So I get walked out of Home Depot in handcuffs, and uh, and I go to jail. Well, I, I was only in the holding cell, so, uh, but I was in the holding cell for, like, five, six hours or something, waiting on my daddy to come get me. So, um, not only am I kicked out of school now, but, you know, I got something on my record. Now, eventually, I would get diversion, which is uh, another form of probation, and they they wipe it off your record after you're done with it. Um, but that took a whole year to do, and it took. I had to go to classes, and I had to take uh, urine tests, and you know, uh, they had to do the samples and all that other stuff. Right. So I had to do that, and I had to come back to Kansas City monthly for that. So, uh, so I go back up to school, no job, no school. Uh, I have, I have maybe five, six hundred dollars, uh, and rent is due. So. When I'm not, my plan was to just work. That was my plan, just to get a job and work that semester um, until I can apply to get back into school for the the, uh, spring semester. But I applied everywhere. I applied to McDonald's, Walmart, Subway, Sonic, Burger King. I applied everywhere in Maryville. Nobody would touch me because of, and I assume because of, you know, what I did at Home Depot. And that was, I was fresh off of that. You know, that it wasn't even a month, you know, but I still, I applied for two months for jobs, but I just, I couldn't get anything. So let's fast forward to like November. Uh, I'm dead broke. Every day I'm eating fish sticks and water. I spent like my last $10 on a gigantic bag of fish sticks because I knew that could last you know, for some time until I can buy my buy my way into something else, but I spent my last piece of money on, on those fist sticks, and I was eating that and drinking water. I probably lost about thirty pounds, and uh, in 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 those couple months. Uh, but I'm I'm dead broke. I'm I'm just I'm waking up every day, and I'm just watching TV. <laughs> I'm I'm at the crib. That's it. I'm two months behind on rent now. And here comes February and January. Now I applied to get back into school in December and, um, I got back in, but now my, since I couldn't get a job, my plan was to use the extra money that I would get from the financial aid and all that and use that for the rent or whatever. But I'm running out of time because, you know, rent is due and these bills need to be paid. But by the grace of God, um, they, I was able to get extended until like January or February and that's when the financial aid checks come and eventually all that got resolved. I'm back in school and my grades are, are, are pretty good now. And I, and, and I like to say this too because the guy who I talked to when I applied back in school, his name is Fred Lamer at Northwest Missouri State. Those who are in broadcasting that go to Northwest Missouri State, you know that name, Fred Lamer. And he pulled me to the side and he said, look, cut the bullshit. If you with me, I'm going to make sure that you graduate. Okay. So I went with him. He kept his promise. He stayed on me. And and eventually I would graduate because of him. And I, I just wanted to say that to Fred Lammer. He changed my life and I thank him so much for that. But um. so now we're in, uh, let's fast forward to spring of 2006. Now I'm in school, caught up on bills and everything is good on that end. So now I'm like the year before in 05, I actually applied one time for an internship at 103, but I, I didn't get a response. But I only called one time and sent one email. And I applied to, to some other stations as well. But um, this year in 2006, in the spring of 06, I wouldn't take a no for an answer. I called at least five, six times. I left five or six voicemails. I sent about 10 emails until I got a reply. And and if you know me personally, you know that is not my style. I hate asking people for stuff, and I hate bugging people. That I hate it. I detest it. I cannot stand it. So um, so uh, th- I got a reply though, and I and I got an interview. I got an interview in 103, and eventually I I, I got the internship. So everything is you know everything is okay now, but now I'm back home. And then I'm doing my internship at a station. This is my first week. I started on that Monday. And then on a Friday, it's me, my older brother, John, and my daddy. And we're downstairs playing PlayStation, playing Madden like we always do every Friday night. And on this particular Friday night, though, my little brother, Jared, wasn't there, uh, which was odd because he's always there with us playing playstation and you know just kicking it with my daddy and um so i get on the phone to talk to my girlfriend and i go upstairs as i'm going upstairs my daddy stops me like huh you ain't gonna stay down here with us tonight because jared ain't here huh and i kind of looked at him gave him one of them and, and went on upstairs probably about 30 minutes later as i'm listening to the radio talking to my girlfriend at the time I hear my older brother scream my name. And I'm on the phone. I'm thinking, oh, they just they playing Madden or whatever. And he called my name again. Like he screamed it like this is a bloody murder scream. And I'm like, all right, I I'll call you back. I gotta go downstairs. So I go downstairs and I see my daddy, he's passed out on the couch. And uh I try to revive him, give him mouth to mouth. Uh, I tried to, you know, do CPR, um, but my daddy was gone. I knew it. Uh, so, you know, call the ambulance or whatever, and they put him on a breathing machine. But, you know, not in the man. The, the The toughest phone call I ever had to to make was to my little brother Jared to explain to him, you know, what was going on. So after I called the police, I called Jared, told him that, and you know, we all went to the hospital, me and my older brother. My second mama drove Jared up to the hospital. My mama was is distraught. She's at home. Uh, and my daddy was staying with us at the time, with my, me and my mom and my older brother. But uh, so, you know, we go into that room and wait for the doctors to come tell us something. And doctor came in and told us he... He was gone, and uh, you didn't hear nothing but screams. And you know, I I try to keep my cool. Of course, you know I you know I put my head down and you know try to. I I just like to preserve myself. I don't like to show that type of emotion in front of people. But uh, my my little brother Jared he swung at the wall, and John is crying, and the worst one of the worst days of my life may twenty seventh two thousand six I ain't gonna ever forget it. that's when my daddy my daddy passed away uh and that really uh that was the end point to really the worst year of my life from that summer of o five to may twenty seventh two thousand six was just it really tested me it did i you know and everybody gotta go through that and i I'm not the only one who goes through that. everybody has their own trials everybody has their own story. Uh and that's mine, and that, you know, everything, you know, kind of got better from there, but I didn't have my daddy here to celebrate, even though he's with me in spirit, you know, I still talk to him every day, you know, spiritually, but uh that was tough, yeah. it was tough.
0: Absolutely, I feel like one of the most emotional and challenging things that any human being can ever go through is the loss of a parent, Um, and especially in that way, and you know, as you mentioned, you know, lots of individuals are going to go through their different trials and tribulations, but it doesn't take away from the the pain that uh, of certain experiences that individuals experience. So, first and foremost, want to extend my condolences. Um, Appreciate. What was your What was your father's name? John Brooks. Just want to say rest in peace to John Brooks. Um, and uh, so first off. This, this podcast has been great. Again, it goes back to me. Just, it. it goes back to me just, you know, being, being you know, a fan, a supporter. And then also for the individuals who listen to this podcast, who also grew up with you, being able to hear, you know, your story, I think is, is not only inspirational from what you've shared so far, um, especially, you know, I think, you know, for the people listening today, it's important to realize that every individual that you look up to in life, every individual that, you know, you know, you can be like. Everyone's gone through this experience where we do our best to not compare ourselves to each other, but we've been in the car and we're just having a bad day or a bad week. And we see, you know, modern day times, we see Jay-Z, you know, at, at, at his party looking fly with a million dollar suit on and we're like, man, why can't I be there? Or like, oh, he's lucky. You know what I'm saying? Or we hear people, um, you know, on the radio li- living this life, blah, 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 you know? Right. But the but the most important thing for you guys to realize is that everyone has gone through their challenges everyone has that moment everyone has that year everyone has that month that day um but it's kind of like that cliche saying you know every rainy day there's 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 a sun nearby you know what I'm saying so um, I think that 2005 2006 year for you is definitely, I, you know, I don't know if you'd agree, but from from what I'm hearing, it's definitely a catalyst that you know pushed you even further forward for the rest of your life up to now. So,
1: it it did, man. It made me grow fast. It did. Um, you know, because I Jared Jared was only 16 at the time. I was 20, going on 21, uh, and then my sister. You know, the weird thing about that, my sister didn't even know my daddy for for two years fully, almost two years. Mm. Uh, so but I'm glad that they got the cross paths before uh my daddy made his transition so but it was it was definitely a catalyst though for for better things and what is uh you know one to three things, however many you want to
0: share like um it can be a character trait it can be a mindset um it can be anything what what are some things that your father shared with you that that you hold on to this very day that you know helped you get to where you're at and you know are just a part of your day to day mindset
1: um the number one thing is being realistic with myself. Um, cause of the whole reason I got into broadcasting is because of him. Um, cause we were sitting down one day, I was in the ninth grade. I was at Paseo trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I knew drawing wasn't it cause they made me hate drawing. And if you love something, you're never going to hate it as far as an activity or, you know, what you want to do. So, um, I was like, man, you know, he was like, what you want to do? You know, we about to go to college or whatever. And uh I was like, Man, I wanna say something cool to impress him or whatever. So I wanna be a lawyer. He's like, Brian, you know you don't like to read. That's not your strong suit. I mean, I can read, but I just is I'm not a fan of it though, you know. Read but, about uh,
0: us for six hours probably is my deal
1: man, lawyers read, I right? They read everything. Uh, they read a lot. And he knew that, that I wasn't going to enjoy that. That was his point he was making. So he was like, you know, that ain't it. What, what do you really like to do? What do you want to do? I was like, uh, i want to be a stockbroker. He's like, Brian, you, you watch TV a lot and you listen to the radio a lot. Why not broadcast it? And it was like a light clicked in my head because I knew that that was perfect for what I wanted to do. Cause I used to turn down football games and kind of broadcast them myself. That was just something that I just liked to do. And me and my daddy, we would like kind of read stuff sometimes to each other just to kind of test each other. And, you know, just kind of what we did. It was kind of our own thing. So he knew that I had an interest in that. And, uh, and from that point on, I, I pursued it. I did. You know, of course, I was still playing football, and I thought, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to the NFL. Right. It, every, when I every, knew that every, wasn't – right. But you know, because football is my first love. I still love it, as you can tell, you know, from yes. the display behind me. Ladies uh, and
0: gentlemen, if you're watching the video, if you're not watching the video at home right now, if you're not watching this on YouTube right now, um, he has a extended wall – all over the place. We just see right. Chiefs, 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 Chiefs. Chiefs,
1: Royals, Lakers. What's up,
0: baby? And represent, representation is happening. <laughs> yeah,
1: but um, yeah. So he knew I love broadcasting. Um, and uh, and, and I and I pursued it. And shout out to my to my uh, counselor, Miss Fisher at Northeast. She was a big influence on me too because she helped me develop a broadcasting um uh, uh club at school. Uh, for extracurricular activities, which eventually turned into an uh, actual class, my senior year of high school. So shout out to Ms. Fisher. I thank her. Man, she changed my life too. So, um, but yeah, being realistic though, going back to the to the to the things that stuck with me with him, being realistic with yourself and knowing what you want to do and what you can deal with and, and, and all of that, because some people, they live in the clouds and I just, I just never been a fan of that. Do everybody got their own thing and you do what you want to do. But for Brian, that just, that don't work for me at all. Um, I don't know that that, everything else is kind of, kind of under that, 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 that overshadows everything else that he really taught me just being realistic. I think really, uh, kind of helped me and molded my personality
0: yeah which is important it's the the ability to self assess is what I what it is, what that reminds me of And individuals who have the inability to self-assess often find themselves struggling for year after year whether it comes to you know what career or what they're good at or what they're talented exactly. at or their relationships whatever it is when you are unable to self-assess and be honest with self and, 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 you know, just give yourself a little reality check and understand the importance of a reality check. Then you're going to find yourself lost for way too long. So I think that's I think that's powerful. Um, I also want to point out, you know, listeners take heed that 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 there's there's going to be people in your life that push you forward. There's going to be people in your life that that are hit to use this word four times in a row, but are a catalyst for your growth. Um, if you've been listening clearly the whole time, Brian's mentioned, um, an individual, I I forgot his name already, but from Northwest, uh, with the journaling, journalist, Uh,
1: Fred Lamer.
0: Yes. Fred Lamer that, uh, that, that assisted him and told him, you know, lock in, cut the shit. If you with me, then ride, let's ride and let's go. And, And,
1: and not really respond to that. I didn't mean to cut you out my bad. No, no. That's
0: important to share.
1: Straight up, I I respond I respond to that, and that's why I, that's another reason why I love football so much, and I recommend football for for young boys. I know it ain't for everybody, and I get it, but uh, for those who are who are mildly interested in it or who who want to do it, do it. Football taught me so many character character things. You know, being around teammates, the camaraderie, taking coaching. Everybody Thanks. can't play coaching. And 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 I'm not even talking about just strategy and football. I'm talking about coaching in life, taking advice from those who are wiser than you, those who've been where you're trying to go. You know, all all of that stuff to me is um you you can you can live your life by some of the principles that 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 you learn in football, in my opinion. Cause it definitely worked for me. It did, man. It, especially taking coaching. Football really taught me to listen to, to, to people and listen to those who can, who can look at your life from aerial view. You know, a lot of times we tunnel vision, we only, we seeing what we seeing, but if you got a person from above, who's actually like watching what you're doing from their perspective, from another perspective, and they can kind of like, look, man, instead of doing it this way, why don't you do it this way? You know, it, all of that applies to life to me, taking coaching and, and, and taking advice from somebody.
0: And that's major. That's major. You know, I just, I just want to say if you look at any great athlete and I'm sure this goes to any great businessman too, but any great athlete, Muhammad Ali had one of the best boxing coaches, Mike Tyson, one of the best boxing coaches, Uh, Kobe and uh, Michael Jordan, Phil Jackson. Um, When we look at, when we look at any of the top performers in any space, whether it's business, sport, radio, everyone has somebody that that assisted that that was a coach. Nobody does it by themselves because like you, you know, like you were sharing, we're so tunnel vision, we don't have our little personal drone. And a coach is like your own personal drone. Um so I thank you for sharing that man, it's powerful. Um I want to jump into to uh, a little bit about 103 before we wrap it up. So so you you talked about your your internship, you secured the internship. Give us a little bit of the timeline at 103 and then just cover what positions you've held and, 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 and what responsibilities you've had over the
1: years there. So my internship was from 06 until I got hired, basically. <laughs> uh, you know, Cause I, I, I want to, when I, when I do something, man, I do it all the way. You know what I'm saying? If I'm, if I'm down with something, I'm loyal to it. You're going to give my all. Uh, that's just the way that I'm built. And when I'm invested, I'm invested. So uh, I, I try to stay, Stick around as much as possible when we you know when I went back to school and we and there was a winter vacation or if it was uh if it was the holidays or something I would always see if they needed help and of course they always you know radio stations always need help with something either promotions or traffic or whatever so I always try to keep my foot in the building at all times to make my presence known at all times you know and at the time we had Tony G, Sean Tyler, JT Quick, Diane Devereaux it was a long list of people, you know, who I was, you know, trying to, trying to be like and trying to aspire to be and trying to be in that circle. But, um, fast forward to 2007, the summer of seven and I'm trying to come back for another internship, but, uh, by the grace of God and Myron fears and Andre Carson, I got hired. So, uh, and I got hired on June 13th, 2007. Um, and, uh, You said the the positions I've had, um, you know, just, I've been involved with my first, my first thing was just running the board, trying to figure out the board, trying to, trying to be a board op. And of course, when you do that, you got to work on 1592, which is the gospel station. So over there, I ain't changed my name though. I'm still, you know, it's (laughs) shining over there too. You know, the Lord shines a light, right? So there you go. Uh, But, um... So, you know, I've been, of course, Underground, he'd been involved with that. Used to run the board for the Steve Harvey Morning Show, The Night Jam, Friday Night Mixtape, which I'm I'm still doing and I, and I love doing Friday Night Mixtape. And, um, of course, The Morning Grind with Shea and Shine, which is the big dog. Uh, shout out to my sister, Shay Moore, who is the big sister who I never knew I needed until I met her. Um, and she's special, man. She's She's another one who's Really changed my life around. Really,
0: man, powerful man. Mentors, mentor. I think that's just something we keep coming back to—the importance of humans, man. Yeah, straight up. Like, obviously, it has to be specific humans because there's obviously humans that step in and do bad as well. But, um, but the importance of needing each other. You know, it takes a lot of uh, selflessness to understand the power of interdependence. You know, on 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 each other. So,
1: shape. Shay gets on me a lot about that too, because I am, I am one of those folks and I, and I agree with everything you said, because, because, you know, we are important to each other. Um, But a lot of times I'm just, man, I'm, I'm hesitant to, to, to reach out for help. I am, man. I just, I don't like being a pest to anybody. I don't. Uh, But, uh, and, and I'm still growing in that aspect. You know, I'm, I'm not perfect at all, but Shay always tells me, you know, everybody needs everybody. And, it, it, and I can see that a lot of times, and it's true. But you know, her man, she uh, she's somebody who I definitely needed. Who I didn't I didn't know I I did I needed until you know until we linked up.
0: Straight up, that's powerful. That's powerful. Can you talk a little bit about um, you know how how important Myron Fears is to you, and 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 you know how he helped you out?
1: Man, <laughs> Myron is. Uh, Myron is, is, I look at him as a father figure, to be honest, father figure, big brother, however you want to put it. Myron has really helped me out immensely professionally and personally. And not only is Myron important to me, uh, but he's important to our radio station. He is important to this city. Myron has done so many things. So many weddings, so many events. uh, As far as DJing and speaking and giving his time, and and all of that stuff. And he's so knowledgeable, man. He Myron is one of the smartest dudes who who I who I know. Myron Myron is brilliant, Uh, and he's he's a uh, he's a great uh, strategist too. Uh, Whether whether it be radio or whether it be politics or or sports, Myron is. He's great, man. He's an all-time great person. He's a great human being. He's a great coach. He's a great strategist. Love Marner, death, man. He's he's so vital to 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 my life and to many others, man. To be honest with you, he's the best. Yeah.
0: You know what I love most about uh, you so far, Brian. You know, being able to like interact, you know, on a one-to-one in a one-to-one spaces. Is your your willingness to to you know admire other individuals you know to show love to other oh, yeah. people? It's powerful,
1: man, bro. Look, these people who I've named: Fred Lamer, Miss Fisher from Northeast, Shay Moore, Myron Fears, my daddy, my older brother. You know, everybody who I've came across. It really, I am an example, dog. Of it takes a village to raise a child. I am, I am proof of that, because it took a collaborative effort, and everybody has this in their life. You just got to pay attention to the signs. You got to pay attention to those who are around you who's trying to help guide you. They're not trying to tell you what to do cuz some people can take it wrong. Some people take it the wrong way. But I my attitude was always, "Okay, let me learn something from them." They they they've been where I'm trying to go or they 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 they're older than my daddy and I got that from my daddy. My daddy always told me to you know, he was always saying treat elders with respect and listen to elders and stuff. And a lot of people say that, but my daddy was very specific with that. Even he said, a bum on the street can tell you something that you don't know because he's because old, he's older than you. And he told me that when I was a kid. So I'm, I'm always trying to pay attention. I'm always trying to learn some little nugget from somebody who's definitely older than me or have more experience than I do. And it, I'm all about showing love and paying homage to, to whoever has helped me. And who who's ever had a hand in in, in my life and me becoming a man, I, I'm I'm never hesitant to show love to anybody who's ever done that.
0: Hey. Lessons, lessons. Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys have been enjoying this podcast. I'm gonna ask our guest here one final question, um, two final questions, but the one of them's quick. Uh <laughs> And uh, we'll wrap it up here, man. Again, thank you so much for dedicating this thank time. You, I know I, I told you 45 minutes, we're at like an hour and 10. <laughs> no,
1: it's cool, man. It's cool. We can do a part two. I don't, you know, it don't absolutely, matter. I, absolutely. I appreciate you for just having me, dog. I really do. I'm honored.
0: Hey, man, thank you. Um, so so the, the final two questions, brother. Um, if you were to leave two to three pieces of advice for someone who wants to be in the same place as you, obviously in their own way, but wants to be in radio wants to be, um, you know, you know, uh, a radio personality, a, a figure, you know, that represents their community well and, and provides not only information like Hot 103 does, you know, we're learning, we're hearing about voting, we're, we're being pushed to vote, we're, we are hearing about updates in, in regards to COVID, we're hearing about lots of things. Everyone that's listened to it all through their life knows that you learn things from, <laughs> from listening. Um, so, yeah, just... A piece of advice for somebody who wants to end up in that same seat as you.
1: Um, I think the number one thing is is versatility, or not the number one thing, but that's one of the top things that come off my head. Being versatile. When I say that, I mean knowing, knowing how, knowing music, knowing about the community, and not only that, knowing about politics, uh, knowing about just knowing about what's going on, reading the room you know what i'm saying not only do you need to be versatile with your knowledge but you need to be versatile with your skill set learn how to write of course you got to know how to talk and and read and and do that properly but um uh, uh learn how to produce learn how to make drops learn how to um make music beds if you make beats i used to make beats and now i I, use, I still use some of the beats on on 103 um yeah that was a you know a couple of years of my life <laughs> but uh but be versatile uh learn as much as possible develop multiple skill sets you know the um you know people say have multiple streams of income have multiple skill sets it'll go a long way for you and it will um increase your value uh so much okay so and that and that and that can go not only with radio but with any industry because a lot of Companies they always trying to look at the bottom line and save money, and sometimes um some some jobs they combine you know uh so if you're a writer before and you didn't know how to produce, but there is a producer who knows how to write, well, guess who they gonna pick the producer who knows how to write because they're versatile so I say that to just just be versatile at all times um with whatever industry that you're gonna be in um Amazing. The second thing is is the the point that we just made that we just talked about is about listening. A lot of people screw themselves over because they talk first and then they listen. And uh, a wise man told me, "You got two ears and one mouth for a reason, to listen first, then talk." Uh, because and then sometimes you know, depending on who you're talking to, they can it can be offensive. Uh, the the way that you come off uh, over talking people or thinking that you know everything or whatever, half of this game is about relationships. And that's, and that's with anything too, that can apply with, with anything. It really is not about what you know, but who you know too. All right. Um, So make the right connections network and, and always listen before you talk. A lot of people screw themselves right out of the gate because they like to talk before they listen
0: two powerful pieces of advice for you. Please, please take what he just said into consideration because those are actually exactly what I would say too. And not even, I'm not in radio, but you know, hey, podcasting, Anything. personal training, hey, whatever it is, that's powerful. And I- What I look I think, like
1: telling a personal trainer what what I'm doing, what I'm not finna do. What I look like doing that. Come on, man. Let's not be ridiculous.
0: Oh, we, hey. So we have, we have a, a question that came in on IG questions, um, posted a little something before the interview. Uh, so this question's from Scatterbrain, um, dope person on, on IG. She's a dope individual. But she said, if DJ were to
1: cease, what would you do? Man, that's a good question. I think about that all the time. And honestly, to be 100% honest with you, I think I will move towards two things. One of two things, either being a barber I've thought about that because I, I I can cut hair. I I used to cut my brother's hair all the time. And it, and it, and it turn, you know, I'm very critical of myself, but they, you know, they have some cool little haircuts. Oh, uh but the other thing that I would do, I would probably immerse myself into football and try to work for the Chiefs or or something. Uh, yeah. Uh, be it, I I I might pursue coaching. I I'm I, <laughs> I'm not sure I really didn't have a plan B and I'm a plan B guy. I like to have a plan B at all times just to make sure that, you know, I, I got something to protect myself. Uh, but I was full forced. I, I was, I was full steam ahead with, with, with the radio thing. You know, when I went to college, I was like, I'm I'm either doing this or, or whatever, uh, you know, let the chips fall where they may. You right. know. The cool
0: thing is to me, like, I mean, whether you do this or not is a, uh, the way you set up your life, especially in Kansas City, in, in regards to what you do, and in, in, in regards to your representation in the community, and in, in regards to your love for the game of football, working for the Chiefs could actually be a thing. You know what yeah. I'm saying? At 50, 55, something like that. You know, you're still living good,
1: still living right, still got the clean beard lined up. You might, you might be on, you might be on national TV. Man, look, I, you know, I, I would really probably, probably not even if it ain't working for the Chiefs, it would be. Uh, pursuing a a broadcasting career in football, like being a color commentator or play-by-play man, because I did that in college and I loved it. I absolutely love broadcasting football and and basketball games. Those were so fun to do. Uh, But yeah, that's, that's probably what I would, I would lean towards too.
0: Love it. Love it. With that being said, Brian B shining Kansas city's favorite son, Dropped into the culture talks, shared love, inspiration, his story. Um, listeners, I hope you enjoyed this. I know you enjoyed this. If you're from Kansas City, you definitely enjoyed this. Amen. And as it goes from the 816 to the 913, the culture yes. talks, Brian B. Shining, thank you guys for tapping in. Is there anybody
1: you want to shout out or anything you want to say before we hop um, off? Just, um, I want to shout out you, my brother. I appreciate you. I don't, I don't know you. We just met on on Instagram, but I already got love for you dog i'm I'm so honored and I'm so blessed to 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 participate in this and be here with you. I appreciate it, but honestly, I just wanted to shout out everybody in Kansas City and everybody this is no shade to nobody else but everybody black in Kansas City uh, because we got some work to do um, we gotta love each other, we gotta love upon our communities we got to help build our communities we got to uplift each other we got to stop all of this violence it has to stop and i'm not saying that's exclusive to black people that's exclusive to everybody all right but um i just want to show love to my brothers and sisters out there man kansas city is the town i love my city i would do anything for my city um and i wouldn't want to be nowhere else man kansas city missouri kansas city kansas i love y'all yes sir
0: Thank you. The culture talks. This is C. I Salud!
1: Z. Y.